Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message.
Good morning, Grace Point. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas Eve. My name is Zachariah. I am currently serving in the Army. I'm stationed out of Fort Hood. And today I will be reading the passage of Emmanuel. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in your midst, and you shall know the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins, and this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet before. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Amen. At the church, we've been talking about um, Emmanuel, God with us, how he has been with us, how he is with us now, and how he will be with us going forward. And um, tonight is our time to focus on that and celebrate and reflect on Jesus coming to earth, his birth. Take a breath. Whatever's going on around you, there's lots of plans, I'm sure. But it's time for us to reflect and worship Jesus for coming to save our souls. Sing out, silent night.
Him cry. 
seated. What a celebration. And them, the band wrote that song for us. Would you give them another round of applause? That's not a lot of time into that. 
But that has been our theme through this Christmas season is Emmanuel and really trying to unpack that reality of God being with us, God being near to us. One of my favorite lines in that song is that he is in every crevice, every corner of our lives. He knows us. He knows us so well. And so I hope that uh, if you haven't been listening to that song, go on our Spotify playlist and, and just make it a part of your regular Christmas uh, celebration. But as we think about Emmanuel, there's so many different phrases. There's so many different lines out there. Joy to the world, peace on earth. There's uh, good good vibes at Christmas, uh, Christmas cheer. There's so many things out there that we that we point to when we point to Christmas, but there is nothing more important than Emmanuel because Emmanuel is what powers that. Emmanuel is what makes joy to the world possible. Emmanuel is God coming to us that brings peace on earth because it brings peace to our hearts. And so the reality is Emmanuel is the most important part in the message of this season of God is with us. And so I hope that that is something that is true in your heart and mind. I know for Joseph, when you read the, 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 the story of the birth of Jesus, he had a hard time with this. He had a hard time being engaged to Mary and Mary being pregnant. And he knows he wasn't a part of that process. And so he's like, okay, I'm ready to check out on this relationship and move on. I'm ready to put you out and I'm ready to move on to somebody else. And, and about that time, an angel shows up and tells him, no, 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 this is a good thing. This is a God thing. This is what God is doing to bring himself to humanity. Hang with her. And by the way, I'm going to give you the names of that child, okay? They didn't have to Google, okay? No Google naming and trying to figure that out, what they're going to name the child, because the angel of God, and I tell you, if the angel of God tells you the name of your children, you better name them that, okay? Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says like this, his name, Jesus... For he will save his people from their sins, and all this took place to fulfill the Lord had spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now my question is, is his name Jesus or is his name Emmanuel? He's both. That is his name. That is who he is. But what do those names mean? Jesus literally means it's a Hebrew word, Yeshua, Jesus, you can hear that in there, means God is for us. God is saving us. God is making us his child so that, Emmanuel, he can be with us. He is with us so he can save us. He is saving us so that he can be with us. The beautiful story of Christmas, it gets so convoluted in this world. It gets so watered down. I think we're struggling with a Christmas identity struggle, uh, understanding what it is. But whenever you understand the power, the beauty, the life, getting your life back comes through Emmanuel. And Jesus said it like this in his purpose statement, if you will, for his life and why he came on this earth. That Jesus, my purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. A rich and a satisfying life, John 10, 10, is why Jesus came. And that's why, again, we look at this and he's like, he's helping us get our life back. If I need satisfaction, if I need meaning, if I need substance, if I need purpose in my life, then who do I go to? I go to Jesus and that's why we celebrate him. But I, again, I think Christmas has lost a little bit of its identity. You go to the local parades, even in our local parade, you'll see more people dressed up green, grumpy old men uh, in the parade, then you see any reference to Jesus. We sometimes spend more time wondering where the elf is going to show up tomorrow and what we can do with peppermint uh, than we do thinking about what about Jesus and how to integrate him into the whole conversation and, 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 and the thought process. Now, I know if you participate in all that kind of stuff, that's great. That's good. But when it comes to Christmas, sometimes, again, I think we've lost, it's lost some of its identity lost some of its meaning because it gets so mixed in with so many other things. Um, I, I want us to remember the why. I want us to renew the wonder tonight. As we go into tomorrow morning, let us understand the why of Christmas. Let us have a renewed sense of wonder when we think about what is this whole God coming to us? What is this all about? I like what Calvin Miller said in his a devotional on Christmas. He said this, the incarnation, that's God coming and putting on flesh and dwelling among us. The incarnation is the noblest idea of any world religion. 
God did not watch human despair. God did not watch human despair from the safety of heaven. He clothed himself in humanity. And he ceased watching the human war and became a soldier. He put on the fatigues of flesh and he entered into time and space and he became our victor in the battle that we call life. And boy, we don't have enough battles in this world. The battle between one another, the battle in the families, the battle in the political world, the battle in, in the geopolitical systems out there. It's like there's sides everywhere. There's polarization everywhere. And yet we want peace on earth. Where are you going to find that peace? But Jesus comes, enters into this brokenness, puts on flesh, dwells among us, and so that we can live in victory. That's what he's offering to us. Within, in the new year, we're going to be doing a series of messages called Victory. And that is literally where we're going to be going with this. How do we live a victorious life? Because what Jesus did is he came to this earth, put on flesh to give us life, to renew life, to give us life again so that we can be born again, so that we can live a life of victory. Losing's not an option if you're a follower of Jesus. All right? So let us remember that as we go into the new year. Zechariah is uh, an Old Testament prophet 500 years before Jesus. We're going to look at the Jesus story of, of his coming 500 years before he came. But they were anticipating, they were longing, they were looking, they were anticipating 500 years before Jesus came to this earth, put on flesh, came am, uh, among us. There was this prophet named Zechariah. And he is a prophet helping to restore Israel after years, after decades of human trafficking, forced labor, creating tremendous insecurities among God's people. And God is rebuilding the nation after Assyrians, after Babylonians, after the Persians had taken over and conquered them and sold them and trafficked them. And now he's bringing them back together. And as he's bringing them, he's using prophets like Haggai. He's using prophets like Zechariah. He's using, he's using Ezra to rebuild the temple and to get things going again. And Zechariah is right in the thick of that. And Zechariah's name means Yahweh remembers. Just think about that. Zechariah is representing a God who doesn't forget what he said he was going to do. And for some of you in this room today, you may, I, I need Emmanuel, but I also need Zechariah. I need God to remember because I'm having a hard time remembering him. I love this. Let's read the passage again uh, that Zach read earlier. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord, and many nations shall join themselves to the Lord. And in that day, uh, and in that day, and shall uh, be my people, and I will dwell in their midst, and you shall know. And I like that word know. It's the Hebrew word yada, and it is a, it's a very uh, cognitive and experiential meaning kind of word. Whenever Adam knew Eve, he knew his wife. He knew her cognitively, but he also knew her experientially. And this is what he's saying. He said, I want my people to yada, to experience and to cognitively know me as the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. So I really want to ask the question today, why Christmas? Because again, if Christmas has lost its identity, it's, con it's convoluted with so many other things we get the meaning of and the really hopefully restored wonder of the meaning of Christmas whenever we look at Zechariah's words here. There, there are three ways that I think, uh, three whys to, to what Christmas is and why Christmas is and why we should really remember it as a sacred, holy moment in time that has ripples effects for all eternity. One of those is that Christmas is God coming to us. Just remembering that, don't, getting, not, don't get over that. Don't get over the fact that God left all of creation, left all of heaven, left all the throne, left all the glory, and he comes down into creation, he comes down into time, he comes down in the, to be with us. Then the anticipation is there. I, I know, kids, how many of y'all, kids in the room, how many of y'all are excited about Christmas tomorrow, give me a shout. Yeah. All right, and the adults that want to match that. Yeah. I think the parents are more excited than the kids. I don't know. 
All right. <laughs> there may be excited it's over. I don't know. But uh, there's an anticipation at Christmas time. All right. It's a part of the fun of it. I can remember as a kid, I hated the anticipation. At the same time, the anticipation is a part of it. When you think about Christmas, hey, just think about it like this. From the first recognition that Jesus is going to come, 4,000 years later, Jesus finally comes. Now, that's a long time to anticipate Christmas, right? When you put that in, in, in context in terms of, of us anticipating, when I grew up, the Christmas season was after Thanksgiving. Now it's in September. But the Christmas season was after Thanksgiving and into Christmas, okay? Well, if you just take that in hours, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, 744 hours. From one, from Thanksgiving to the next. What does it look like? 4,000 years what is it, 4,000 years that they're anticipating Jesus coming? Because in Zechariah it says, behold, I come. Behold, he's been saying that now for years. He's got 500 more years before he actually comes. But you go back to Genesis and you find that story. When our grandparents kind of did their things their own way and kind of turned up their life into a dumpster fire and, and all of a sudden they're in a mess and they're running from God and they're hiding from God and God is still pursuing them. That's always a beautiful story of Genesis 3. Even though they did their own thing, even though they got off track, even though they rebelled against God's beautiful, perfect plan, even though, even though, even though, what does God do? God pursues them in the garden. They go run. They go hide. They try to cover up their own sins. They try to cover up their own brokenness. But what does God do? He steps into that situation. And it says in Genesis Chapter 3, verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. This, listen, my friends, is the very first prophetic statement of what God is doing to cover our mess-ups, to cover our sin, to cover our rebellion, to cover our own rebellious ways. This is God. What is he doing? He is taking and he is killing an animal and he's taking the skin of that animal and it's the first death that we see in scripture and he covers over their sins. Don't let that just pass you by. That is significant because that is a precursor. That is a testimony. That is a prophecy, if you will, of the coming 4,000 years later, there's going to be a baby who's going to put on flesh and he's going to dwell among us. And his flesh is going to be hung on a cross and he's going to die on our behalf. Why? So that he can cover our sins. It is exactly what happened 4,000 years earlier, but Jesus does it once and for all. And this is where we get a, a, a beautiful statement. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Christ also suffered once for sins. Christ suffered for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Would you say that last phrase with me? That he might bring us to God. Say it again. That he might bring us to God. Why is Emmanuel so beautiful and awesome? Why is Christmas so incredibly awesome? Because Jesus comes. Jesus comes so that we can go to be with God. So he is the one who connects us to God. But number two, Christmas is God dwelling with us. He's coming to us, but he's also dwelling with us. Verse 10 says, for behold, I come and I will dwell in their midst, declares the Lord. He will dwell. He'll be, he'll be a part of us. This is that Shekinah word that we've been looking at for the past several weeks. This is that word that we look at in the Old Testament that's used 40 something times and it all refers back to Jesus or it refers back to God's Shekinah presence coming and dwelling with us. When we wake up to the reality that God comes to dwell with us, to be in a relationship with us, to connect with us, my favorite Christmas verse is actually not even in the Christmas narrative. It's John chapter 1, verse 14. And this is what it says. It says, the word became flesh. Jesus came flesh, put on flesh, dwelt among us. And we have seen the glory, the glory of the only Son, of, uh, the, uh, the, excuse me, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I love it whenever I think about Jesus coming, Jesus dwelling, 
Jesus, as one translation says, moves into the neighborhood. Jesus moves into our life. Don't let that get away from you. Listen, there's a lot of things that we get confused with. A grumpy green guy, humanoid at Christmas. Yeah, thank you. Here's the Grinch. There's the Scrooge. Oh, he'll find compassion somehow in the Christmas season. Then there's uh, the angels that get their wings. Anybody watch A Wonderful Life yet? All right. And then there's the BB gun. What story is that? A Christmas story. And then there's Buddy. Will he find his dad? You know, uh, there's a lot of things that we get in the Christmas story. But there's nothing. 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 More beautiful than God coming to dwell with us because he wants to be in a relationship with you and you and you, every last one of us. And you know what? It's not just a story for the centuries. It's a story for the nations. This is the story that we celebrate tonight, but it's not just for us. It's it's for the nations because as he's promising in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 10, he's also saying in chapter 2, verse 11, he says these very next words, and many nations shall join themselves to the Lord. So it's not just the people of Israel. It's not just God's people, the Hebrew people. It's in that day, and they shall be my people, and I will dwell Shekinah with them. The fact is that God is a God for you and your family and your life. And I hope you walk out of here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus. Please let me invite you to say yes to Jesus right here and now. You can right where you're at say, Jesus, bow your head. I don't care anyone else is doing around you. Bow your head and just say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I want to give my life to following you. You just tell him that. But it's not just you, and it's not just your children, it's, it's the nations. And we, every year, we have really never been bashful about this as a church at Grace Point, that we would have a global perspective because we have a global God. That, that we'd understand that our, this message is not just for us, it's for the nations. And it's to get to the nations. In a few moments, we're going to have candles, and you have candles, hopefully. You take those candles, you think about it, what are those candles we just do this? These candles actually have a message behind them. I'm going to be the one who'll come up to that master candle over there as if it is Jesus representing the light that shines and burns and never goes out. And, and I'm going to light my candle with that. And then I'm going to take it in a few spots along, along these aisles. I'm going to light a candle, but please understand this. I'm going to give my light away multiple times. But every time I give it away, I never lose it. I I give it away and you have it, but you don't have it just for you. You have it to give it away. And I feel like every year I have to explain it. Don't just take the light and glow and look at it. That's 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 what you do. That's what I do. If I get lost in the fire, I get lost in the flame. But the reality is that light is to be passed on. Find somebody, go out of your way, cross an aisle, go to the other side of the room, find somebody whose light has not been lit and give them the light as a representation. We take on, on again, a project every year, every year, every year, different ones, different around the world. But right now we're zeroing in on the work among people who have been caught in human trafficking that is happening in Athens, Greece. Now, I know it happens all over the world. It's happening right here in northwest Arkansas. But there's something about Athens, that first European country, where so many people have come onto their shores through refugee life and different things like that, that have found themselves caught up in human trafficking. We are working with a ministry called Dom Reese. And if you are, as a member of our church, you've heard us talk about this as a guest. Listen, this is not an obligation on you, but if you want to participate in this and be a part of this, because what we're trying to do is take that light of Christ and shine it into them so that these ladies who have been caught up, and they've worked with already over like 49 different ladies, so that you can help us help them find the light of hope and healing. And so... In fact, I want you to just look at this next slide of the names. These are the names of the current ladies that they're working with that live inside 
of Don Maurice. Take a picture of it, remember it, pray for one by one, name by name over the next year that God would bring healing to them. 39 women have gone through the programs. 43 of them have, been, have, have, have stepped in and stepped out and have different degrees of healing. And I just want to challenge you, be a part because it's not a light that we keep to ourselves. So he's coming. He's coming to dwell. But then there's also Christmas is our response to God. Why do we worship? Why do we do this? It's because we have a response Back to God. When you read the Christmas story, you can't help from seeing Magi, Joseph, Mary, uh, the shepherds, the angels. Everybody is responding to God. See, Christmas is not just God coming. It's not just God, God dwelling with us, but it's also us responding back to God. We respond back to God in worship. We worship with our words. You remember in Zechariah, what did it say there? It said, sing and shout. Sing and shout. And then it goes on and it talks about it in other passages. In Isaiah, there's always this, this collective voice that comes together in worship. So don't sit there and watch worship. Be a part of it. Use your words. The angels were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men. They're singing that out, the angels saying it out. Why, do we, why are we silent? Worship with your words, worship with your ways. Whenever you look at the story of Mary, Mary gets this incredible download that she is with child and she has never been with a man, but she's with a child and, and she has all this thing going through her mind. How can this be? What's going to happen? Joseph's not going to like it. Joseph's going to leave me. Uh, what, what, what? He's, she's just rolling through her mind everything. And Gabriel says, no, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And this is her response. The first words out of her mouth. I am the servant of the Lord. She literally said, okay, here's my life, God. I am a servant of the Lord. I'm going to take my ways. I'm going to take my life. And I'm going to offer it up to you. This is exactly what worship is. That's why it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I like this one. Take every day, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around and place it before God as an offering. See, the life that we live, the way that we live, is actually one of the ways that we worship. The life that I live out 24-7, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. We just finished a study through the book of Ephesians, except we're going in chapter 6 next month. And again, I point you back to January 8th when we talk about the victory life that God's wanting us, calling us, equipping us, to live. We don't need to be the spoils of war. We need to be the victors of war. Worship with your ways. Worship with your words. But I also want to say worship with your wealth. Literally, David said, I will not give a gift that costs me nothing. Would you worship when you respond to God's coming? You worship with your wealth. What did the Magi do? The Magi brought the most impractical gifts imaginable, right? Ladies, if you would have gone, if you'd have been three wise ladies, they'd have brought a casserole, diapers, a, a blanket, something far more practical. But guys bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Their gift, their gift, however impractical it might have been, was a statement about what they believed about Jesus. Our offering, our generosity, our worship through our giving is a statement of what we believe about Jesus. They gave gold. Gold speaks of the royalty of Jesus. He was the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Frankincense speaks of the deity of Jesus. They used frankincense in the worship in the temple. Myrrh is a sacrifice of Jesus because they used myrrh in the embalming process of something. Jesus was the eternal king, God, sacrifice. He was expensive and he was expressive with his life and their gifts were expensive and they were expressive. What does our giving say about Jesus? You know, I want to come back and just a part of our generosity in our Christmas offering is going to go to Dom Reese, but it reminds me of my favorite Christmas carol. I don't know what's your favorite Christmas carol, but my favorite Christmas carol is Oh Holy Night. 
There's something about singing that song, pausing, slowing down, and all the rush and the mayhem. There's something about that. I, silent night, the problem with that is I don't think it was a silent night. Have you ever had a baby? They're not silent nights. But oh, holy night, I can go with that one. Um, and I think about the words. I mean, this is one of the most popular Christmas carols, <laughs> artists all over. Jessica Simpson, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Bing Crosby, all of them have recordings of this song. The history of it. It was written by a French priest in 1847. Not to be a song sung, but to be a mass spoken. During a service that they would, they would honor and remember and reflect on that holy, holy night of Jesus' birth. But it's in 1855 when a Boston pastor took those words and translated them from French to English. And he put them into a tune that could be sung that we still sing to this day. These are, this is the third stanza of that song. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break. Listen, for the slave is our brother. And, and in his name, all oppression shall cease. When I think about those, the women in Athens, when I think about people in our own community who don't know freedom, Freedom in life, freedom in their lot, in their marriage, freedom in their addictions, freedom in, in, the, in their own anxiety. I want to say, God, help us to give a message of love and a peace that breaks the chains. What was happening in 1855 when John Dwight, pastor, translated that? It was just years before the outbreak of the Civil War. When 11 southern states separated from the United States and civil war ensued. But that pastor was an abolitionist and he did not want slavery anymore. And he made sure that those words were in print and his church would sing them. A slave is our brother. Think about that in the time of civil war. All oppression shall cease. Listen, the the message of Emmanuel It's just that. I'm set free and oppression is no longer. Why do we need Emmanuel? We need Emmanuel because we need that right there. Would you bow your heads with me? Earlier, I challenged you to think about your own life. The greatest gift you can give yourself, not that you can give yourself this gift, maybe I should just say it like this, the greatest gift you could receive this Christmas is a personal relationship with Jesus. And if you have that relationship, it is helping other people have that relationship. Father God, you know our hearts. You know where we're at. And you know that, Father, there are people in this room that they feel oppressed. They feel Consumed, They feel like they're in chains. And Father, there are people outside and beyond. Father, you are Emmanuel. You come. You come to dwell, to be with, to reside in forever. Father, we can't just sit still. We have got to respond in worship with our words, with our ways, With our wealth, whatever, Father, take this time and space. And Father, speak to our hearts that we might not miss Emmanuel. Oh, holy night. Stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. 
Hallelujah. 
Because today we celebrate, and tomorrow in your homes with your families and your friends, you will celebrate together that Jesus Christ is born. And we celebrate that because it is something that is of biblical and historical proportion. As Mike was sharing, like this is something that we're a part of that prophets spoke of hundreds of years before Christ came. It was something that was biblical and it was something that took place. It was an event, not just a made up story for tradition. It is truth. Hallelujah. We celebrate and we sing hallelujah here below because it's biblical and it is historical. But listen, it's also personal. That Jesus Christ took on flesh, he dwelt among people then, and he desires to dwell among you now. We sing hallelujah here below. Hallelujah. We sing hallelujah because it's biblical, it's historical, it's personal, but it's also eternal. But let me tell you this, there's coming a day where we will not sing hallelujah here below. We will sing hallelujah before his throne. And it says in scripture that we won't have a candle because the glory of the Lord will be the light and we will worship him. Hallelujah. So take your hand, if you will. Put it in front of your candle as to block any germs or wax that you might blow. And on the count of three, parents, you might help your kids blow out your candle. Are you ready? One, two, three. We are glad to celebrate with you tonight. But tomorrow, we will not be gathering here to celebrate. Instead, we want to encourage you and we want to equip you. Celebrate together in your homes. Pause. And in the chaos, stop and reflect on Jesus Christ together, the true meaning of Christmas. We want to equip you with this. So if you text GPC Christmas to 9700, you will get a guide sent to you that you can use with your family and friends together. And then next Sunday, we are going together as one big family to ring in the first day of 2023. Are you excited? I don't know, was it convincing? But nevertheless... We're going to gather together in one service. So one time at 1045, not 910, but at 1045, the preschoolers will be over in their classes, elementary students, and all of our families will gather in here and we will ring in and celebrate the new year next Sunday together. Now, as you go out, listen, don't rush. Like, enjoy. Say hey to a friend that you haven't seen in a while. Grab some hot chocolate and hang out. Take a few family photos at one of the Christmas trees or the Christmas, Merry Christmas uh, photo booth that's down the hallway. But hang out for a while. But listen, as you get ready to go, we sing hallelujah because it's biblical and it's historical and it's personal and it's eternal. But listen. This is a message that Jesus Christ is born, that a Savior has come, that is also local. And it is a message that is global. So as you go out, Merry Christmas and live sent.
Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Sent.